welcome back to the Anime Intellectuals podcast. I am Jordan. I'm here with my co-host, as usual, Mark. Hello. Today, we are going to be doing the usual. We will first be going over some very exciting news. Then, we will be reviewing some separate things. And then, for once, uh, we will both be reviewing something again. Because I, I we haven't done that in a while. But we will be doing that this episode. All right. So let's just jump right into the news. Um, so yeah, first one. It's pretty major. Berserk, they decided to resume serialization for Berserk. So did you have an article pulled up for this one or? Uh, no article in particular, but, um, from what I've read, uh, the Berserk will be continuing, uh, this month, I believe. That's nuts. Uh, yeah. So Koji Mori, the guy who's going to be continuing it is Kentaro Mira's, uh, former best friend. And apparently... Kentaro told him the entire plot of Berserk. Yeah. So. Koji Mori also is the author of Holy Land, which I've not read, but have seen recommended and have seen good things about it. So I heard it was good. Honestly, yeah. like the fact that I forget that like Berserk is there, there's literally a studio for the Berserk manga, Studio Gaga. So all his assistants, like other than him, they they're very they've gotten very good at pulling off his style. So yeah, I mean, I think obviously it's not going to be exactly the same as if Kentaro Miura was in no. charge, but. I have high hopes because if anyone is qualified to continue the series, it would be Koji Mori. Yeah, either way, if the ending is like not good, if the in- if it ends up being good, people will be like, man, Rip Kentaro Mirai, such a great story. If they end up just botching the ending, then Kentaro Mira is still fine because then people would just blame it on the on the people who are continuing it. So either way, Mira will rest in peace. Yeah, I mean, I do even, hope they can pull it off, though. I think they will. Um, yeah, even if it's not good, which I don't, I think it will be good. Um, Berserk still stands on its own as it is for sure this is a little strange though because didn't they like really emphasize with the final volume that they compiled together that that was like the final volume of Berserk ever going to be printed and they did like a bunch of special stuff for it um, so I think so, but 
uh, it would have been the last volume with the chapters done by Kentaro Miura. So any future volumes will be done by Koji Mori. What exactly what? So is he also going to be involved in drawing it or is that just going straight to the assistants? Is he just like with the story because he knows like the plot points or? I'm assuming he's doing the story and the basic outlines and then the assistants will fill in the rest. That would make the most sense, yeah. Because I'm pretty sure like he he's the only one who knows the story completely. I don't know. I don't know if he's told anybody else. I see. See, I didn't realize that he had told him like exactly what was going to happen in the story i thought he had just knew the ending and he could like kind of get there but knowing that he does know like this the plot points along the way to get there is is more comforting yeah it's like he knows what happens it's just the execution yeah Either way, it's very exciting. Very cool. Did not expect this to happen, but I'm excited for it. Yeah, I kind of half expected it because there was a tweet a while back that said uh, continuing Berserk is what Kentaro Mir probably would have wanted. Yeah. So I think they were just waiting for people to um they were waiting a while after his death before they started to continue it again and it's been a year now yeah it would have been really strange if they just like immediately kept continuing it after he died so yeah that makes sense because yeah, that would have been maybe messed up if they had been that. like hey, hey, hey. <laughs> but yeah i'm excited to see if they can pull this off, hopefully they can. Um, but yeah. And then as we have our week, our uh, episodic um, one piece section, this week's happens to be a massive one with news coming out like just yesterday, I think, um, from a tweet by. Uh, an account on Twitter um, named Sandman. That's the account. Um, they're a Japanese One Piece fan that translates a bunch of like interviews and um, like promotional materials and stuff like that, like extra things. And uh, one such thing happened to be um, an interview with Oda, where he was talking about like the new film, Film Red, and all that stuff, and then how he was gonna he had planned to go to um, Africa to help to like make sure everything was going good with the one piece live action stuff. Um, He wasn't able to do that. Unfortunately had to cancel because of COVID from what I could um, understand from what like they translated. Um, But anyway, he had planned to take like a a couple breaks to do that. Um, 
but apparently he decided his editors kind of pushed him and he was like, you know what? Yeah, I'll just take off a month. And so One Piece is going on break for an entire month. It's getting two more chapters to kind of to supposedly wrap up the arc that's happening right now. But it, it will be interesting to see how they manage to do that because where they're at right now, it doesn't seem like they could end it in two chapters, but you never know. Um, but supposedly Wano is supposed to end in the next two chapters. Then One Piece is going on a month break, which, for context, the only the last time One Piece went on a, a break for an entire month was when the time skip happened, and that was like an entire change in like art style and like the story, like size and scale and everything so basically something of that scale is what Oda is preparing for now because he also says he's um, preparing for One Piece to enter its final saga which isn't necessarily like a final arc a saga is like can be made up of like three arcs depending on how he decides to like format it because there's a lot of things that still have to be resolved. Um, but yeah, that that's still a big deal. It's probably still going to be like five, at least five more years or something. But just just the fact that One Piece like will end someday. I don't know how to feel about that. I, I've said this before, but I when One Piece ends, I, I don't know, man. Yeah. Is One Piece like the longest ongoing or not ongoing, but the longest manga at this point? It's it's probably not even close because there's stuff that's been going since like the sixties that's just like weekly um like comic strips like uh I'm sure that like Detective Conan has been going on for longer. There's a There's... lot of stuff um, that's like not necessarily I want to say it's like the equivalent of what would be like Garfield or like Peanuts over here. Like I've, I'm uh... struggling to like bring some stuff to mind but like stuff like that there's a lot of series like that in Japan that aren't really known much here in the West. That have been going on for a long time. I think so. They're not necessarily like one long, like linear story. So it's not really comparable. But yeah, I think uh, Hajime no Ippo is actually longer. Yeah, like Hajime no Ippo, as I I guess longer. I thought it was like close, but yeah, if if you say it's longer, and then Baki even is like up there. Yeah, Hajime no Ippo has uh, over uh, 1,350 chapters. Dang. That, that's a lot. Yeah, it also, there's, I'm not sure how long Hajime no Ippo chapters are or how much, like, he spends on them. Like, that, I have no idea. Um, but, like, in terms of one linear 
story like of the scale and size and like magnitude of one piece like there's not much like it out there it's definitely unique there But yeah, oh yeah, I was going to mention also in relation to this news bit, the fact that uh, Oda is, or at least was planning on like going to check on the live action, or like he's involved in it, which gives me a little bit more hope. Um, and I have seen some like sets and uh, like, yeah, basically just like sets they're putting together and they do look pretty cool so it's at least got that i'm sure some stuff will look cool but the problem with live action anime is because in animation lots of stuff happens that couldn't possibly happen in real life and so when you try to make a live action you end up relying heavily on cgi which yeah honestly i don't think there's any way they can like feasibly put devil fruits in the show believably like one piece is it it can't really exist outside of the medium it was made for because of like it's made for that like it's just like with cowboy bebop they could have done it they just like really messed it up like there's things you definitely can do it with but they just don't have like the passion the passion behind it and they don't have like the money behind it also i guess yeah i think for this um, one it's just like i think they i can definitely see the passion behind it because a lot of stuff is like really cool but one piece is like it should never have been live action so yeah well when you consider death note which is for the most part a lot of dialogue translating that to live action shouldn't be that difficult but no and it's very impressive how much they managed to screw that up like they just need to take the more like serious things like i guarantee if they i've if they made like a monster live action TV show and they just did it like realistic it would be really good from what I hear. So. See monster would work because it's pretty much a crime drama so if they just cast it right it would work out. Yeah they just it just has to have the right combination of people behind the project who are passionate about it the right amount of money going into the project to get them like that like to have them achieve the vision they're trying to get to with it and then the right material with the combination of those three it's like there definitely could be good live action based off of manga or anime or whatever yeah but they just but it hasn't happened it can't be a series that rely on supernatural powers like um 
One Piece and uh, Full Metal Alchemist, Dragon Ball, that stuff just would not translate to live action well. Yet they do it anyways. Yeah. And now there's, isn't there going to be a Helsing live action now too? So I remember reading that. Yeah, it was, it, I think it was supposed to be like directed by the person who directed the John Wick movies or something. I remember talking about that. But that's like, that's one of those things I don't know if it's actually even been like started production on yet. So I wouldn't count it as actually being a thing until they do yeah. say that. Now, the erased live action, I actually enjoyed that one. I thought that one was pretty good. Yeah, you've said that. That, that one was a good one. Probably the best live action anime thing I've seen. See, it doesn't have to be like completely realistic. Like there can be a tinge of supernatural stuff in there. And if it's done right, that's that's fine. But well, yeah, and you can't go all in like One Piece. One Piece heavily relies on how absurd it is. So, I I think Erased is kind of like the standard for live action anime, if there was one. And like the way, I think. They like changed the ending a bit and it ended up working out just fine. Mm. I I heard someone say that they liked the live action ending better. Yeah, I was gonna say, did they actually like make it a good ending this time? Uh, yeah, it was actually decent. I think that maybe we shouldn't have too much of an opinion on this because actually I don't know about you, but I like I see all these live action um like Japanese adaptations of anime and manga and stuff and I don't I, like I don't think I've seen a single one. So I can't really speak to those. So maybe some of those actually are like good in their own right. I heard the Japanese Death Note live action was pretty good. That one but yeah, I yeah. Seen it. I think I saw like clips from um they did like a live action part four sort of adaptation and from what i saw they like they leaned into it into like the craziness of it so much that it was actually like good in a in like its own way so if they like i don't know it's possible but you just have to have the right conditions i guess i think netflix just screws things up for the most part. Yeah. I think there was also actually I don't know how good these are, but I there's like parasite live action Japanese ones, right? I think so. I think I've seen like some clips from there and like the the CG for the parasites doesn't seem bad from what I saw, but I don't really remember much. Hmm. Anyway, that's enough about live actions. Um, Maiden Abyss season two airs July sixth. Man, July sixth. It's pretty uh, close. That is less than a month from now, as of the recording of this episode, which is insane. 
it doesn't feel like we should be more than halfway through the season we're in right now, but we, we sure are. Indeed. Dang, yeah. And then I didn't really, I didn't see about this one. Did you have an article pulled up for this next one? Oh, I mean, I don't I think actually we may have talked about this before. Maybe, but uh, Tokyo Mew Mew is a, it's like a classic magical girl anime and just the reboot is releasing uh, July 5th. So yeah, the day before Made in Abyss. There's that. Very cool. Um, Urusei Yatsura and Mob Psycho Season 3 uh, got a release date for this October. Which... Did that before? Um, I don't remember if they had announced a date when they released that trailer for Urusei Yatsura or if we even talked about the trailer. Okay, well, the date is for sure in October now. That's when Chainsaw Man is supposed to be happening too, right? Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Wait, so Her- that means we'll have Urusei Yatsura Mob Psycho Season 3 and Chainsaw Man in the same season? Oh, wait, actually, I don't think they've like announced a set date for Chainsaw Man. But I think they're maybe supposed to have like a, a an announcement for it like really soon. So we'll probably know like within this week when it's going to air. But I think people were saying it's supposed to be in the October season, whichever one that is, fall. Because if that's the case, that would be insane. Yeah, it's it's going to be stacked towards the end of the year for sure. I gotta check out what else is happening. In the summer one, with all with like Maiden Abyss and all that, and then Hibike Euphonium season three set for twenty twenty four and an OVA in twenty twenty three. Yep. So Hibike Euphonium, it's a Kyoto animation. I've talked about it before. It's good. Um, it's a Music drama. Um, it's been a, a long time since this show's been continued. I think it's what, been five years? Don't quote me on that. But um, this is. And it's going to be another two years, apparently. <laughs> yes, this is a long sign that um, Kyoto Animation is finally coming back. So I think that's a good sign. Um, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a wait, but that is coming. And uh, the fans of Hibiku Euphonium are definitely going to be excited about that. Um, so yeah, there's that's that. And next we've got an explosion on this wonderful world gets an anime. So that's like, it's a spinoff light novel. And yeah. it's about Megumin and uh, what's, what's her name? The other Union. one. Union, yes. They're... I think they announced, I think it's like about their 
beginnings, I guess, like them going to the academy that they were at. Yeah, something like that. I like almost picked it up before, but I I didn't for whatever reason. But didn't they also announce like the release date for Konosuba? I think it was also like I think so. October. I don't, maybe it was July. Actually, I don't remember now. But I think they said like a set date. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't think season three has a release date yet. Okay, yeah, I guess I didn't say. It's just yeah. officially confirmed that a season three will be happening. It will be happening, but I don't think we know when exactly yet. It's apparently most likely not happening this year, though. It'll be like early next year, which is fine. Yeah. Maybe they'll do the the spinoff one in between, or that's I, my I, guess. Is it? I thought it was like a like some shorts that were added on to the ends of episodes or something. I didn't think it was like an actual like entire separate anime. The explosion mm-hmm. one. I, Maybe it is. I, I don't thought know. it was. It might be. I don't know why I thought. I think I thought I saw something like that, but maybe not. If so, I, I guess it'd be like a 12 episode thing. And then we have Rick and Morty anime. Um, and the article I pulled up for this one has another thing. So it says Adult Swim is announcing two things. One of those things being Rick and Morty the anime and the other one being Ninja Kamui anime. Um, both of them will premiere on Adult Swim and HBO Max. Um, the director of Tower of God is going to be directing this 10-episode Rick and Morty series um, at Telecom Animation, and they've done Loop in the Third stuff. He previously directed the Rick and Morty versus Genocider and Summer Meets God, whatever. Um, the original work, obviously based off of Rick and Morty. And then Ninja Kamui... I have no idea what this is, but the director is Sung-Hoo Park, which, if you remember, is the director of Jujutsu Kaisen and God of High School, which have, like, some of the best action ever. And then... So that's exciting just for that, honestly. So I, I have to check that out. Um and while a, while a Rick and Morty anime might not sound very good, there was, I remember there was like, I I really, I, I know it was like a, on Adult Swim. I don't remember who did it though. I It may have been like Science Saru or something, but it was like a really good short. Like it, it was just like a, a one episode short thing. And it was a really good like contained story with its own like style and stuff so i might actually be checking this one out i will too because that that just sounds amazing i mean rick and morty is just fantastic yeah like the actual show i've only seen like select episodes i haven't actually like sat down and just watched it but like the stuff 
the good episodes that I've seen have have been really good. So, and then yeah. that one, like, I don't know. Have you seen that one, like, episode anime short? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I wonder if it'll come up if I just look up, like, Rick and Morty anime, because I'm really, like, curious. I don't remember what it was. I think um, I've watched all the way through season three of Rick and Morty. Okay. I, I, either I was either not aware of this or I forgot this. Yeah, it was called Rick and Morty versus Genocider. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Oh, and that yeah, this is the one directed by uh, the Tower of God guy. Okay, so this is promising. It, it was not Science Sorrow. I don't know why I thought that, but telecom animation. So yeah, that actually, I'm more. I'm more excited now, actually. Yeah. Like, Uh, people in the comments are saying, like, this is just unironically one of the best Rick and Morty episodes. Like, it's genuinely that good. It's just an eight-minute short. It's not actually, like, a whole thing. I'm going to send this to you. All right. Yeah, I'm on my way to watching all of Rick and Morty it's, it's it's just that good i've just got too many things i'm trying to like catch up on i still need to like get back on futurama because i was getting my way through that and i like got quite a bit in futurama yeah. is also very good yeah. rick and morty it makes so many references to other to other things that you can pick out in it it's it's good. <sighs> okay, I sent it to you. Definitely give that a watch at some point because I, I remember really liking that. Right. Um, and then Colossal Titan Bike Parade. There's not much to say on this one, but uh, in Hajime Isayama's hometown, the creator of Attack on Titan, um, a hundred people did a cycle parade dressed as Colossal Titans, which just look up a picture of it. Uh, it's pretty haunting. Um, but I just thought that was interesting. There's not really that much to say. It was apparently to commemorate the Tour de Kyushu 2023 Oita stage at the Hida River opening tourism place. So, yay for tourism. Oh, also, I don't know if we... Did we talk about this? Did we talk about Japan opening up to tourists again, sort of? I think we did mention it the last episode. Yeah, they're doing a slow opening to tourists this year. I think right now it's still only like guided tours or something. Like you have to, it has to be through like a certain company or whatever. But yeah, still promising. Um, And then some little no name like manga hunter hunter returns uh, do people still remember this like i think the last time they released a chapter was like over four years ago or something like literally people started high school and graduated in the time that this man was on a hiatus it's crazy um but apparently he's back What's his name? I forget his name. Oh, uh, Tagashi. 
uh, he's back and he made a Twitter and he was like, hey guys, look, I'm just like, he was like, uh, four more chapters to go or something. And then, and uh, I think the author of, or Yusuke Murata, the author of the like One Punch Man manga was like, oh yeah, this is like actually him. And then he like got a bunch of traction followers and stuff. But yeah, uh, it's returning. So that's exciting for Hunter Hunter fans. I've been meaning to get on Hunter X Hunter. That's so, all right. At least watch the anime. Yeah, like I Hunter Hunter is a very interesting world, but I don't think it like is really really good the whole way through. It has like it kind of stagnates in places, but then like the peaks are like really good for like a little bit, and then it goes back down to like oh, okay, I mean this is all right, and then it's like oh my god, this is amazing, and then like the best moment of the entire series is like something that it built, or at least like where I've gotten to. I haven't read the manga at all, um, but at least like where the anime is concerned, it like builds this up for so long. And then, like, when it finally does it, you're like, oh, that makes sense. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, the world of Hunter x Hunter is pretty interesting. So, I mean, like, I, I, I like it. I just I just don't think it's incredible. Like, most people think it is. But I'm happy for Hunter x Hunter fans. They get to um, read a book again because that's what the hunter hunter manga is have you seen like uh pages of the hunter x hunter manga no is it very dialogue i'm gonna like send you a page it's like like it, it shouldn't it almost like shouldn't be a manga in some places like the art isn't even really that great from what i've seen either or maybe it just is in, in certain places and not in others that I've seen. I don't know, but yeah, it's like like some of the stuff that I've seen, I don't know if it's representative of the entire series, but there's just it's just like a book with a couple of pictures at parts. Oh my gosh. Why? Oh, actually that might just be a meme, but I, I do think the layout still stays yeah yeah okay, but like the I layout can... the layout is the same surely that's not a real page it it, it is they've just changed the words because it, it became a meme how much dialogue there was but yeah that's at that point if you have to drop that much lore it's like almost a bit much like it should just be a book see i think that's very undesirable when it comes to manga, because I think the goal is that you should be able to kind of figure out the story with just the pictures alone and like have words as a supplement rather than. Yeah, I mean, that's the entire point of the medium, right? <laughs> like, yeah. But whatever, people like what they like. 
I mean, there's there's a time and a place for some explanation, but like if it, they it, if they went into house. if they if like in Maiden Abyss they just had like a picture of like just a full scenery of a new layer but then like over that they just had like a wall of text saying like exactly what is in this layer and whatever instead of just showing it like along the way i'd be like come on yeah but made in abyss it like there's you get the map of the abyss in the beginning and based on the map you can maybe guess what's there but you don't really figure it out completely till they actually get to that layer yeah i mean then like one piece i feel like one piece at least from what i've seen of hunter hunter one piece has way more like lore in it than hunter hunter does yeah and like the world is even bigger and there's a lot more going on but like odo's just so good at just putting things in like subtly into his like architecture and stuff like that so that you if you want to if you're like a hardcore fan you can see things and be like oh shoot that's what that was for that oh my god but also if you're like a casual reader or if you're like a kid just reading reading shonen jump then you can still enjoy it so i think there's like a happy medium in the medium of manga yeah but like made in abyss again like if you couldn't understand any of the words you could probably figure out what was going on like a little bit just yeah i mean like the uh, the power of like being able to just draw backgrounds and like details goes a long way yeah so that's what i have to say on that but should probably move on to the next thing where were we? Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, Wit Studio and Cloverworks create a new company. Um, I did a little bit of further research on this. Because this is sort of new. Um, it's not actually just Cloverworks and Wit Studio. It's also Aniplex and Shueisha. And they have jointly established a new Joen, J-O-E-N, anime company. Uh, according to this article... The company aims to use production lines for Cloverworks and Wit Studio with better profit distribution. Um, Sony Media subsidiary Aniplex, its Cloverworks Animation Studio, production IG sister company Wit Studio, and publisher Shueisha announced on Monday that they have jointly established a new company named Joing. The company's objective is, primar is primarily the planning and production of TV anime series, anime films, and short clips. Uh, says they aim to route the production to the best production lines and creators instead of rooting it through a single company. So like get rid of the middleman, I guess. They also aim to provide a better business model, enabling more profits to be more distributed better um, to the creators. They also want to collaborate with other studios in the future. 
Um, yeah. And right now, for context, Cloverworks and Wit Studio are collaborating on um, the Spy Family series. So, like, I think what they're doing right now is one studio will do one episode or like we'll be in charge of the episode one week and then the next week the other studio will so they can keep like a higher level of quality with less stress of like crunch and stuff so they have more time so that seems like a good model but i guess this i'm not really like sure exactly what all goes on in the industry but this just kind of seems like a a production group so it's just there to cut out like the funding and they like fund themselves i guess i don't really know too much about it to talk about it but Hmm. if they do end up doing what they're what they say they're going to do and uh like this ends up raising the pay for the for the animators and stuff, then that's great. That's awesome. Hopefully they do end up doing that. Yeah. Because from what I hear, it's it's kind of brutal being an animator. Yeah, like from what I've heard of how it like usually works other than with places like um like kyoto animation and like trigger and stuff that does their own thing most of the time they have to get like funding from a publisher who's basically advertising like a property that they own so like for example shueisha i think shonen jump is under shueisha so if they had like a new shonen and they're like, okay, we want to get this animated to like raise the the volume sales, basically. So the anime is basically like an advertisement. So they need that money. But I, from what I've heard, they just pay them up front for what they want them to do for the anime. And then like regardless of how well the volumes like sell like even if they like skyrocket afterwards it doesn't really like the the animators don't really see the benefit of that they just got paid what they got paid and then apparently the companies are also not great at distributing the funds or something or whatever but hopefully this is a step in the right direction but I don't know much about this stuff so I can't really unless you had more intellectual things to add no i i'm also not really sure of the inner workings of the industry but um i do know that um series like demon slayer and jujutsu kaisen i am pretty sure like the the sales just skyrocketed after those animes came out so oh yeah for sure a demon slayer is like the biggest example of that like and then jujutsu kaisen obviously 
the most recent example was spy family for sure like that that has apparently skyrocketed the manga sales for that um dress up darling that one i heard was like bolstered the manga volumes so so it should in theory it should be more evenly distributed yeah but the problem is they it's not like a they don't like give these studios the like green light to make this stuff then see how they do and then pay them afterwards they just like from what i understand pay them up front for what they want them to do and then whatever happens afterwards is goes to the publishers not the studios or like the animators or anything like that uh, but I, I i don't really know what i'm talking about i, I just sort of right. know ish so but yeah that is that hopefully this is a good thing and then kakagurui gets a spin-off anime kakagurui twin um I don't really have much to say about this one. I just saw it. It's going to premiere August of this year on Netflix. going to be done by MAPPA. Um, it's just a spinoff manga of Kakagurui. You've probably seen it before. It's the, it's the gambling one where people get crazy when they gamble. I've watched like a couple of the first episodes. Yeah, as it is what it is. I'm not really a big fan of Kakuri. I'll have to go back to it someday because I was just like I, I was in the phase of, of watching like more serious shows than when I like happened to watch this because it was just on Netflix and then I was like nope. See I think I went in expecting a no game no life situation and it was just yeah quite like that so anyway our final piece of news here um dr stone author boichi is starting a new webtoon series with shin angyo onshi's inwan yun which i'm not familiar with shin ango onshi I'm assuming that it's a good web not web tune. Um, but I haven't really heard of big a big mangaka like Boichi coll- ever collaborating with like a webtoon author to do a webtoon before. Like this, at least from what I understand, this is a pretty new thing. Um, yeah, I've never heard of that. Hopefully, this will be cool. The art that they have for like the promotion for it looks really cool. Um, it's so, going to be starting in 2023. Really? Huh. I think uh, the really good webtoons and manhuas are starting to get English physical releases as well. Yeah, I've, def- I've definitely seen that recently. Even like some Chinese um, manhua I've seen. Like even in just like Barnes and Noble the other day. Manhua is Korean though, isn't it? I actually I don't know how to pronounce them differently, but like 
M-A-N-H-U-A is the Chinese one. And then the M-A-N-H-W-A is the Korean one. I don't know how they're pronounced differently, but the Chinese one, I've, I've seen some Chinese ones. And then, like, I think solo leveling kind of started a boom in them starting to do all these webtoons. Yeah, solo leveling is getting uh, physical copies for sure. I mean, like, a lot of webtoons are considered, they're like, uh, most webtoons are just manhwa, the Korean manhwa. So I think that's like what they're categorized as. Yeah, but like anybody can go make one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So, Korea just has a lot of like good creators and like a big community around it. So that's why they're like primarily. But yeah, that's exciting because I I have I haven't read a, a webtoon in a while, but there are a few like really good ones that I've read that. I would like to have physical copies of. So that gives me hope that one day that'll happen. Yeah. I guess it, it'll be maybe not now, but maybe one day it'll be like competition for manga. I don't know. Because right now, uh, manga. It just dominates everything. Western comics yeah. don't even come close. Now, if they get Tales of Demons and Gods, if they start printing that, oh boy. Because that's that's like the one Chinese one that I try and keep up with. And it's like really good, but horribly translated sometimes. So, I hope that they can do a good release of that over here one day. Because that that one is is pretty good. But anyway, that is all for our news section. And now we are on to uh, the sponsor section. So we're going to take a bit of your time to talk about Takara Cafe. And if you don't know by now, by uh, listening to some of our more recent episodes, Takara Cafe is an online manga store. They'll sell everything from manga to manga. And and I think they have some art books too. Um, but they have really good prices. There's there's a good like community around it. The owner's a cool guy. Um, like in oh, what's what's there? I think it's it's either fifty or sixty dollars. If you spend that much in their on in the online store, you get free shipping, and at least like in the U.S. So that's cool. Yeah. It's um, nice that it's specifically designed to buy manga, unlike um. Like, don't get don't get me wrong. Right stuff is good, but like you can find your pre-orders 
for every month of the year. You can find upcoming reprints. You can search by publisher, genre. It's, yeah, and um, yeah. they're always adding stuff to the site, so there's always going to be new stuff there. I think they're eventually going to be adding clearance and stuff like that to it, so there'll be like even less prices on stuff they have bulk of. So just check up on the site for that. Also, their packaging is very good. I I don't know if I like mentioned last episode or if I had gotten it yet, but I got my package of the first volume of Chainsaw Man, which I could not find anywhere, but I did find on this site. And the first volume oh, the first volume of part five of Golden Wind also. I got them for cheaper than I would have if I would have ordered them anywhere else or even like bought them in the store. And they came in a very, very good packaging. No damage at all. Just overall very well done. So I would definitely recommend going there. And also, when you check out, just put in a little code. It's uh, just a little code. Intellectuals5. That's I-N-T-E-L-L-E-C-2 E-C... Oh my god. I-N-T-E-L-L-E-C-T-U-A-L-S 5 and you will get yourself a nice little extra 5% off your order. Think of that as a a treat from us to you. Fancy. But yeah. Um, I guess we just get right into the reviews, which I haven't mentioned what we were reviewing yet, so I guess I'll do that now. I will be reviewing Shoujo Kageki Review Starlight and Boys Run the Riot. Mark will, according to the document, be reviewing Demon City Shinjuku. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. And then together we will be reviewing... Together, we will be reviewing Ninja Scroll. So, let's get started with the exact opposite of Ninja Scroll, which is Shoujo Kageki Review Starlight.
Um, so I will be talking about the show first and then also the sequel movie because I that was just released in U.S. theaters like a couple of days ago. Like I, I think I watched it Sunday. So that was the fifth, I think. Either the fifth or the sixth. But I saw it on Sunday and I'll get to that. But first, the show, which I watched all in one day before the movie. Um, so Shoujo Kageki Review Starlight the premise of it is there is a our main character her name is Aijo Karen and she is her dream is to be on the review stage with her childhood friend that moved off to London when she was a kid because they made a promise um well after watching like uh, a review play they made a promise that one day they would also do the same thing on stage and be performers together on the big stage so as a as all shonen shoujo any i guess any like comic main characters do she holds on to the promise forever and basically okay so it sounds like there's a lot to unpack here, but there's just a lot of characters. Um, so her childhood friend's name is Hikari. Um, and she is... She is the one who convinced uh, Karen to start doing review and stuff like that. Oh, I guess I should explain what review is for people who don't know. So review is basically like um stage plays but it's just it's an all-girls performance this oh actually no i have discussed this before so if you listen to the episode where i talked about kageki shoujo it's the same thing um and a lot of uh shoujo anime kind of take like tropes or like settings or are just like inspired in general by the review um, the most prominent that I can think of, obviously, Revolutionary Girl Utena, um, which has a lot of parallels with this one, but I'll get to that. Um, so it's basically just an all-girl, it's a, just an all-female stage play. Um, and so there's obviously specialized schools for that. And to keep up her promise to her childhood friend um hikari karen decides to try and get into um i forget what the place is called but it's a it's a it's like the hardest to get into academy for this specific stage play so they're very very selective um at least the one in japan and so the series, I'm, I'm glad that it does this because it, I, I honestly, like I've seen enough of it. Um, it just starts out with her getting in. So it doesn't show her like doing um, like any tests for it or anything like that and like dramaing all that up. It does just kind of get right into it. Um, and so I, I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, so this is 
this has given me this is more like Kikeki Shoujo. It's it's all right, I guess. It's pretty standard. Um, and then I kind of like was kind of not paying attention. I was kind of like looking down on my phone or, or for a second, and then I look back up and there's just like a giraffe, and I was like, wait, what? What's happening? Um, and apparently the twist in this is that during the day there is obviously just regular school stuff happening. Um, so they're all training, they're doing vocal exercises, they're doing intensive dance courses, they're doing the play, the acting classes, all that stuff, all very intensive. And then obviously when you go to sleep after a long day of training hard at the all-female academy for the review, you want to get a good sleep, right? Nope. What you really want to do to is practice in your sleep so that you can get ahead of everybody else as much as possible. And the way you do that is only the special people in their dreams can access like an elevator that takes them down to a place where a giraffe is there and then there's like a big stage and then you battle out like basically battles of will and passion and it takes the form of a stage play and it this is this sounds a lot more complicated than it well it is sort of complicated but not really i'm probably not doing a very good job of explaining it but basically um our main character, Karin, she gets down there and she's like, what's, what, what is happening? And I'm like, yep, I, I'm have the same question. And the giraffe is like, Oh, please let me answer. Um, so basically, uh, every night, or I guess it's not every night, but if you are selected for this audition for this giraffes, like audition or whatever, um, to be the top star, you are put into battles against it's one on one battles against another review girl, so another stage girl who's also in the school. And your aim is to um, remove the coat that's like hanging off their shoulder from them and then at that point they lose basically so it's kind of like the flower in Utena if you've seen Utena um, yes but basically the way the show utilizes these is just a battle of like ideals and I and like passions and wills and and stuff like that and like character drama but in the format of a stage play. So a character will come out and it'll like all the stage lights will shine on them. And then they will be like, they'll just start singing about how they're better than the other person or like how they deserve to be the top star more than the other person or something relevant to what's going on in the plot at the moment. And then they do a bunch of fighting and stuff with their various weapons. And then, on the other side, uh, 
they'll start the other person will start to like kind of retort back in song and then it kind of fades into them like doing battle and it just and it kind of goes into the background it's hard to like explain do, do is this like are you, are you understanding what i'm like trying to describe mark i think you lost me at the giraffe well yeah so the giraffe isn't necessarily that important he's just kind of like the overseer of the like auditions so he like stands there and watches and he goes oh or or, and stuff like that like like that's basically what he's there for he's like this is he's like uh and he's like he wants basically he's made this audition for top star or whatever because he wants to see something new that he hasn't seen before in review and he thinks that this class will be able to do that. So basically you find out like over the course of the show that pretty much like all of the, the best um, like stage girls from the class, I think it's like class 99 at this school um, are involved in this audition. And so basically the episodes are structured like Here's these two characters. Uh, the first half of it kind of builds up their like tension and like what clashes between them and how they're different and how like one person's goals are different from the others and their reasonings and whatever. So then after it gets all that out of the way, then the second half is pretty much them and their dream auditions um, and they're they're fighting and it's a battle of will basically. And then whoever is the victor, they go up a little bit on the ranking um, of who gets to be the top star. And so basically whoever has the most wins at the end of this audition season um, gets the rank of top star. And their reward is... um, Trying to get the exact... Basically the reward is the giraffe says it's like you get to choose to be on any stage you like, which sounds really dumb, but they do a lot of, they do some interesting things with it. So, um, so like, honestly, like I'm probably making it sound a lot more complicated than it is. It is kind of like weird and confusing at the, at first, but you kind of go along with it. Um, and it starts to kind of blend together and make sense. Um, but basically, the episodes follow that kind of structure that I was saying, or it's like tension between these characters. They resolve it in this audition. Um, and then it kind of does that formula for like six episodes or so, or like five or six episodes. And by like the fourth and fifth, I was like, I, I mean, I, I get it. I, this is fine, I guess. Like, I got to finish it because I got to watch this movie. But I don't know if I would if I hadn't already, like, paid for the tickets or whatever. But then something very interesting happens. Um, I guess not, like, extremely interesting, but it was interesting enough for me to, like, keep watching, like, intently. Um, if you don't want to be spoiled for Shoujo Kageki Review Starlight, uh, skip past the rest of 
my portion of talking about this. Um, this one in particular it is just like six episodes in. It's not necessarily that big of a spoiler, but it is kind of a turning point. So it turns out that um, one of the characters who is seemingly like a background, like the background character, she's like the stereotypical nice character that doesn't really have that mint like that big of um a goal or anything she just likes helping people out she's the type of uh, character that like cooks stuff for everybody you know the type of character i'm talking about i know exactly what type of character you're talking about so she's basically like the the ginky girl of the of the this like class so she's like universally liked and everything um, and come to find out that she is in these auditions and she has actually been winning them like countless, countless times in a row. And what she's been doing with her like wish, I guess, to be to like be on a certain stage is this entire class has actually been repeating the same play for the same year, like like a million times. So like at some point, cause basically, okay. So this girl's name is um, Nana basically. And her nickname is like banana or whatever. Cause she makes banana stuff or something. It's supposed to throw you off the fact that she's insane, but apparently she's insane. And she thinks that the only way that she can protect like, the innocence of her class is by never letting them like progress past this perfect, like what she thinks is like the perfect play that they've performed. So to keep them in their youth and like their best shining moment together, she keeps going, she keeps going through the auditions and making them repeat like the same year over and over and over and over again and nobody knows except for her so at that point i was like huh okay and that's what kind of kept me like interested in it from then on and there's a lot more that happens from then that I, that like it definitely picks up as it goes on but that definitely like hooked me um and so eventually like it kind of goes back to the beginning where um the main the main character Karin uh her childhood friend that she made a promise with however long ago when she was a kid um becomes a transfer student to a school and apparently that wasn't supposed to happen or like in the timeline that the banana girl is like making them repeat so she starts like freaking out in like insane an insane way or whatever. Um and she like obviously she wants to win the um top star audition thing again so that she can um make them go back to normal again without this anomaly there. Um but yeah, so that's how this timeline that we're like experiencing basically starts 
Um, I this this show is very like it has so much potential. Um, uh, I think because I really like the idea of the like clash of like goals and ideals and stuff with the stage plays like the way i'm describing it is probably does not sound very good but it's something you just kind of have to experience um i particularly really like them i just don't think the characters are interesting enough to completely carry it like there are some interesting things that happen obviously like what i just described and some other stuff that i won't spoil um but I don't think the characters themselves can really hold up the level of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the scale of which the story wants to go. Because if this, if the characters were more like complicated and interesting, like they are in like, say, Utena, I just like, I keep thinking of that one because it's very similar. Um, in that aspect uh if they had like interesting more nuanced characters like in that and they weren't like sort of generic like mostly i think it would be 10 times better but unfortunately at least in the show it's really held back by that um like for instance at some point um There is Karin at her at this at this all girl um, stage girl school. I forget what it's called. Um, she has a roommate, and her roommate is like really good friends with her, and apparently, like she actually likes her. But then, when the childhood friend shows up she starts to get like neglected and it's like kind of sad. So then you're like, well, I guess inevitably they're going to have to fight like in the auditions and they do, but the way they resolve it is just kind of like not satisfying. Like they're just kind of like, well, I guess you're just going to have to deal with being number two. And she's just like, okay. It's just like kind of sad and then they kind of gloss over it. It's not like really that important, but it's just like little things like that where I'm like, you could have done something more interesting or like made it more interesting. I think the main character also holds it back a little because she's not like, like her entire character is that she made a promise to somebody a long time ago and she has to do it. Like that's her entire character. She doesn't really pay attention to the people around her. So like even after even in like the fight with that she has to do with her roommate or whatever, she doesn't ever really like acknowledge her. Like really? So it's kind of like like it just has a lot of missed potential. Um but for the most part, I thought it was a really interesting idea. And I was like, well, if they had like more interesting characters and more interesting like situations, this could be like actually pretty good. And then I saw the movie. And after the completion of the show, I was like, 
how do they even continue this? But the movie was like really, really good. Um, they basically took everything that I just said and they pretty much like fixed it all, like almost everything. And they like lived up to the scope of it pretty much. So like the, the setups for everything were a lot better. Um, the production value on it was incredible. Like some of these sets for these battles are great. It's really, I, I really don't know how to like explain them, but you just have to watch it. But um, basically the movie structure is set up to where they've graduated. They finally graduated and they're going off to separate things. And then, and like the audition has already happened and then the top star has already been decided. All that already happened. I won't spoil what happens there, um, but they're on like, they're this the entire class is on um a train because they're on their way to go to watch a couple of people from the class audition for a troop or something and it seems like like at some point they realize it's taking forever and so they all like start like walking around like what's happening and they realize they've gone into another set of auditions so basically this set of auditions is them like sorting out what their feelings are about the future and stuff like it's it's really hard to explain you just have to kind of watch it like but it it's done really really well and yeah i i, I thought the movie was really good I definitely think it's worth watching because it's only 12 episodes and then the movie. I see. Does any of that sound like interesting or did I just not explain very well? I'm not sure. Um, I think the part about the time loop sounds interesting. Um, other than that, um, it sounds it sounds very similar to like a shoujo type revolutionary girl Latina kind of thing. Yeah, it's very similar. Like if you know about if you understand what I'm talking about with like the battles, they're like the battles in Utena, basically, where it's not really like these two people are fighting and they're like actually fighting. It's just like whoever can say the more passionate things like wins like it, it's it's really hard to explain if you haven't seen anything like it before but it's extremely over the top right? yeah like like it's it's but it's also like in the form of a play so it makes sense and they really 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 ramp up everything in the movie so it's just it's just really like the movie is great i love the movie but the show is fine um, but I think it's worth it to watch that movie because they really, really like made everything way better. But there's also a lot of stuff I can't go into because it would spoil some important things about the show that you need to know to watch the movie. So, yeah, I would check that one out. Um, 
if you want something like Revolutionary Go Utena, or if you just want to try out something new and, and weird, I, I think this one is neat. Neat. And then I have Boys Run the Riot. So this one is, I'm just going to be reviewing the first volume basically, but I thought it was fitting. Uh, so I accidentally picked this one up actually. I, I was just at Barnes and Noble and I saw this one on the shelf and I was like, oh yeah, this one, I've seen this one like recommended before. So I picked it up. I it, what, Apparently it wasn't what I thought it was. I think what I thought it was, was I think it's just called like boys on the run or something. And it was like a completely different thing. That's like nothing like this, but I just kind of picked this up because I thought I knew the title. Um, but I, I got it anyway and I read it and I was pleasantly surprised. So this one is interesting. I haven't really ever read anything like it before. Um, it's basically it. So it starts out with, I forget, I forget his name. I don't remember his name, but um, there is a trans guy. And so basically like he explains like he's lived a lot of his life, especially like it's been especially difficult in high school where he's like been forced to wear women's like the women's uniform and stuff. He's like constantly trying to find excuses to not wear it and whatever. And like a lot of other stuff like that. And so um, trying to remember what happens in the beginning. So he he's like, a pretty good student for the most part, but there's just that one. There's just like, he just isn't satisfied in his own body. And so the way he combats this is by he's very, very into fashion. And so, um, the, the manga really gets into, like, I can tell that the author knows a lot about the fashion scene I guess, which I, I personally don't know much about, but the author seemed very passionate about it and there's a lot of information there. So it shows him going to like different fashion shops and, and going in and trying to find the best stuff um, to make him kind of feel like himself in his own body and not just like feel weird like he's supposed to pretending to be somebody else. And so um, he, this basically fashion is his outlet for like his confusion about what he, what he is. Um, and so one day there is a, this big like delinquent looking dude wearing sunglasses transfers into his class and, and he's like, Oh, this seems like a bad guy and and like a delinquent and whatever. And so he comes up, he he's ends up like sitting behind her. I mean behind him. Um and 
So one day when our main character is out shopping for clothes and stuff, he bumps into the same guy who is also shopping the same fashion stuff. And he's like, oh, oh, sweet. You like the same stuff? And our main character runs away because they don't want people seeing them, I guess, because they're not like, they, they don't want people knowing, I guess. And so he, run, um, he runs away because he's scared of people finding out and then getting bullied at school and stuff. And then, um, but it turns out that the guy is actually like, like he just, he doesn't care. And he's just thinks it's cool that they like the same fashion stuff. And so he's like, what if we started our own fashion brand? And our, our main character is like, what? And then, so basically the manga is about these two starting their own fashion brand, um, like based around the idea of not conforming to society in various ways. And so that's kind of the theme of their brand. And they go through all the details of like, this is how you open an online shop. Um, these are the kinds of different printing you can do and like what all designs you can make and what the process is. Um, in this first volume, they add another member to their team, which is um, a photographer. And at the school that they go to, there's a photography club, but it's not really because it's just this one guy who just has his dad's like really, really old um, camera that he takes pictures with. And so he is the only person in the photography club. Um, but at some point, um, I, I don't know why I'm forgetting their names, but the main, our main character and the delinquent dude are like, Hey, you could you like take pictures of our, our first like line of, um, shirts so we can like get the word out for our brand. And eventually he like ends up agreeing, um, but then people, other people in the school start to like bully him for it. And then it kind of shows it's a very realistic like um, look at bullying in school and like how it actually is. Because the way he reacts is like, yeah, what, like, why would I do that for like these guys? That's, I would never. And then like um, eventually they convince him to like not care what other people think about what he's doing. And he's like, you know what? You're right. Um, and like a, a lot of stuff happens there. He, he grows a lot throughout that. And so I'm assuming what the series is going to do from here on, I'm not sure how many volumes are actually out. Um, but basically the core of it is there's these high school kids and they are not they don't want to conform to what society tells them they have to be or what they should be so like our main character um born a woman but in their in their head they're a man and so 
they are going through all that trying to like sort all that out and all that problems and then our delinquent guy has to go through um not wanting to like go through all this dumb education stuff because he already knows what he wants to do and he just wants to like be with people on the and like do his own thing basically and then obviously the the photography guy learning to not care what other people think about him and just like do what he wants to do and that's like the core of the story it's like the theme of the story so far and also the theme of their brand that they make so basically it's a combination of um showing how you start you would start like fashion brand if you were to do that and like also these characters learning to basically just not give a shit about what people think about them which is very cool and i thought it was fun yeah i think i've also seen that manga somewhere Yeah, so it wasn't what I thought it was, but it was still good. What I what I found interesting was so like the main character is um what's it what's the correct terminology? A trans guy. I think yeah. is it correct? Yeah. I'm so pretty sure that's right. So the author of it is also a trans guy and he like has a a commentary and kind of an interview in the back of the manga for the first volume and it was really interesting because basically the publishers were like so are you like excited about this being published in the west and he was like oh yeah that's pretty cool actually uh, i'm kind of excited to see what they think about it and then they start asking him questions about like so isn't it like 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 90% of the questions they ask him are like isn't it so cool that um the main character of this is a is a trans guy and and like what that means for all the lgbt stuff and and like how we need more stuff like this and basically how he responds to all of them is like well i mean i i'm just speaking of my own experiences i didn't really want it to be just like labeled as a an lgbt manga i just wanted to be a story about people not conforming to society so i kind of liked that look at it to where it shouldn't be like you look at it and you're like oh this is like that lgbt manga it should be like one of those things where it's just like yeah this is don't like this is a story about these people learning to just not give a shit about what people think about them so i i just thought that was neat yeah that's i think that's a good thing it's not like specifically trying to be something it's just what it is yeah and i you can tell that it's a story from the the author's like personal experience because he said he draws a lot of like characters and situations from what he had to experience growing up like that. So it's very real. That's good. 
and also timely because June is Pride Month. I didn't mean to do this, but uh, like apparently, I guess uh, Shoujo Kageki Review Starlight is sort of like Yuri, but not really. You'd have to kind of stretch. There's probably there's like maybe a a couple things you could say like yeah probably, but not really. But I would definitely recommend Boys Around the Riot. It was good. I guess that timing just worked out. Yeah, it did. It was it was a fortunate uh, coincidence that I just happened to pick up the wrong book. But it was good. And I think that is all for me. on to you well um, I will get to Demon City Shinjuku but first I wanted to mention um, I I think I've read through like volume 8 of Initial D so far oh really nice Initial D is good and um, so when uh, Takumi, he's the protagonist who drives the Toyota 86 in Initial D. And when the street race uh, down the hill, Mount Akina, um, there's like a gutter off the side of the road. Um, so that's like how. How am I saying this? So I, you know how um, they have have to drift around the corners at high speeds to overtake the other cars, right? Like, like they have to get on, get in on the inside and stuff. So um, Takumi's secret technique, if you will, is he hooks the like, the inside of his tire in the gutter part of the road and it makes him go around the corner really fast. I see. Yeah, so like just perfectly so it creates um, the force, centrifugal force kind of pushes him around the corner anyways. Um, I was driving home one night and there's this hairpin on on the road that goes to my street yeah a really sharp corner and i was just being lazy with the steering wheel one day and i turned in a little further than i expected to and i hooked like my front tire on that edge of the corner and it swung me around. I was like, oh my God, I'm insane. <laughs> it's just like initial D. Is, are you talking about the the like series of curves like right before you turn to your street? Like you turn um, onto the road. Coming from the highway? Yeah. Okay, no, I don't know. Okay, because this is uh, on the way to the highway. 
Oh, wait, so you were, on, you were on your way out? No, I was coming back. But it's the same road. Was it like you, was it like, <laughs> I don't remember road names. So like, you come off the highway. Or... Yeah, you cut, it's the, you, you, have, to, you have to go, highway. did you, were you going the way where you have to go across the bridge or the yeah. other way? Okay, it's the, across right, the bridge. It's right after you go across the bridge and there's this sharp corner. Oh yeah. Okay. I know what you're talking about. And I like accidentally hooked my tire on the inside of the road and swung myself around. I see. <laughs> nice. I was proud of myself. Anyways. <laughs> uh, Demon City Shinjuku. So this is a 1988 anime OVA. Who is it's, it directed by? It's basically a movie, though, because it's an hour and 30 minutes long. Yeah. Um, it's directed by Yoshiaki Kawajiri. Okay, yeah, that, that's I thought so. Like, that's the same guy who did Ninja Scroll, which we've also talked about. It is the same about. guy who did Ninja Scroll. Okay, okay. Yeah. So... This kind of worked out for it some did. reason. You didn't. You didn't mean for this. You just had happened to watch it. I actually didn't mean for this. It's a lot of a lot of happy coincidences. This episode. So, um, yeah, it's based on a novel, apparently by Hideyuki Kikuchi. So. There's that. Anyways, the story goes, um, uh, Demon City Shinjuku is, it starts off with a battle uh, between these two people. Um, I, I think they trained under the same master or something. And now they're fighting. Um, Genichiro is the hero and is fighting against Rebi Ra, uh, who is um, basically he's trying to summon demons and take over the world. Um, but he uh, he doesn't completely succeed, but he beats Genichiro and he destroys Shinjuku. Um, and it basically sinks like below the rest of Tokyo. And it becomes like this wasteland demon infested place. 
that's that's the background. And then there's a time skip um, where there's like a president of the world now. And, uh, there's world peace, but then Rebbe Ra returns and he's going to summon his demon army and just destroy everything. So his old master, um, Aguni, Aguni Rai, uh, he comes to Ganichiro's son and he's like, you must go defeat Rebi Ra and save the world because it's your destiny. And he's like, but I don't want to. And he's like, I don't care about saving the world. I'm just going to do my own thing. And the president's uh, daughter, Saika, um, she, she comes, his name is Kyoya. Anyways, she's like, oh, you, you must save the world. And Jesus annoys the crap out of him to enough where he's like, all right, fine. I'll go to the demon city and can beat this Ruby Raw guy. So there's nothing so, like he doesn't he isn't gonna like get promised a reward out of it or anything. He's just annoyed into doing it. I I think he was motivated by like um hey maybe if I do this then you know I I don't know. So he has no motive to do this except, except destiny. Pretty girl asked him enough times. And he's like, okay, fine. I guess I'll save the world. Alrighty. But anyways, um, they enter the demon city and they have to defeat a series of monsters or demons in order to finally get to Rebi Ra and defeat him. That is the basic plot. They meet, there's some other characters they meet along the way who are kind of there. Um, there's this one kid who lives in the demon city and he rides around on like electric roller skates and in the dub he talks in a Mexican accent for some reason. I'm sorry, he rides around on an electric <laughs> roller skate? Yes. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, so you watched the dub of this? I did watch the dub. And he was Mexican in it. Yeah, for no apparent reason, he was just Mexican. Interesting. Is this dub like, like that in a lot of areas, or is it just like that one thing? Uh, No. For some reason, Sayaka is just British. Interesting. It's it's not like normal British. It's like a posh British accent. I see. She's like, Kyoya, you must come save the world. It's your destiny. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bad, but... I, I think that was like standard for dubs of that time. It was like par for the course. It was, yeah. 
and then Kilia has is American. All right. Um, anyways, uh, my thoughts on this movie, um, it's, it is well animated in some areas, I would have to say, especially, you know, since it is a movie and those are generally pretty well animated. But this story is just really bad. It's all over the place. Um, a lot of it makes no sense. Like especially, uh, is it like? Story. Does it make no sense in a good way, or just like is like, confusing? Um, for. Because, like, Kyoya was specifically the only chosen one who could save the world. And, anyways, um, the characters, Kyoya is not very compelling. He's just going, kind of going to save the world be just because. Um, Sayaka is not really even a character. Um, uh, what she is, is she's your standard uh, female in distress who's basically useless in a fight and the only purpose she serves is to get captured by a monster and then wait for Kyoya to come and save her. I see. Yeah, she's. That's basically all she, she's really good for. And just to make the dialogue so cheesy. But yeah, she has no real personality. Um, so that was kind of bad. And then uh, the final battle. Mm. I'm gonna go ahead and give a spoiler warning in case you cared, but um, the final battle with Rebi Ra is probably one of the lamest cliche final battles I've ever seen. See. So how it goes is that Rebi Ra, um, he captures Sayaka because he needs her to complete his ritual to resurrect the demons and take over the world because, of course, of he course, died. of course, and of course, she manages to easily get captured at the right time. So Hyoya, he comes and he's gonna come fight Ruby Raw, and he's instantly blasted away off of a cliff, and then. After getting blasted off a cliff, he finds his father's sword. He's like, oh, it's my father's sword. It just and happens to be there. It just happens to be there right. where he got blasted away. And then he takes it and he's like, I can feel the power of my father flowing through me. 
and then he he jumps all the way back up and then mm-hmm. he easily defeats Rebby Raw like immediately. Huh. And then like there's no no even real battle. Anyways, the film ends. Um, there's this mysterious character who who lives in the demon city. He's he's like Kilia, your services may one day be required again. And then the movie ends. All right. So, uh, yeah, um, that's that's Demon City Shinjuku. I thought it was kind of bad. Um, it's only saving grace, I think, is that it is decently animated um so if you if you're bored and you don't have anything else to watch you could watch it but um yeah i can't really recommend it i would say did you like demon city shinjuku or ninja scroll more incredible okay I'm, I'm glad we agree just right out the gate it ninja scroll is like the complete opposite of demon city shinjuku before Every- we get into like details the only thing that i can knock ninja scroll for is that it's just not black lion but like not anything can really be that so i like i, I can't give it too much for that that's true. But everything that Demon City Shinjuku does wrong, uh, Ninja Scroll does right. 
the main character in Ninja Scroll, uh, compared to what you've said about the main character in that, is like he's pretty simple, but he's also awesome because he's just this like quiet, like good guy in this in this world of of like I guess ninja era Japan is I guess where it's supposed to be set. I guess like Edo period, Taisho period, I don't know. It's uh, Edo period. Edo period. So it's in it's supposed to be set in Edo period, but there's also like robot arms and stuff and like and but anyway, it's just supposed it's to be a cool setting. Um and our main character is uh Jubei and he is just like the calm guy who's like sitting in the corner. He has like his quips and stuff, which are awesome. And he's just a badass. And he just he just cuts people up and it's awesome. Yeah. It's and it's all very, very well animated. It's also very gory at parts. The animation is seamless is it's like incredible we're talking akira levels of animation here yeah it is i know the studio for this one was madhouse so this was like madhouse in their prime so it does make sense um but yeah i mean basically the story for ninjas or like the structure for ninja scroll is there's a clan and they send out all their ninja one day to like go investigate this plague that's like killing that killed an entire village and they're like I don't know if this is necess- if this was just a plague or if there's something else behind it so this clan sends out like a bunch of their ninja to go investigate basically the Koga clan? Yeah, right. I forgot their name. But yeah, I think that's it. And of course, they all get massacred. So like, they're just jumping through the trees. And then the people in the front are like, what, what, what's taking so long, guys? And they go back and look, and they're all just, all just their bodies are all over the place. Ripped in half, hanging over trees. There's just like heads laying everywhere. Like, oh, shit. And then this just giant like double blade like it's a handle with blades like the huge blades on the side it's just this huge double handed double I guess double what is it called a twin <laughs> blade a twin blade I guess, I guess it's like a huge twin blade and it just comes back like a boomerang and it just cuts through like the forest and is just cutting people in half and they have to like dodge it and stuff and this big like rock guy catches it. And he's like, oh, ho, ho, ho. Yoina. And he's like just killing everybody. And then he grabs like the I guess like the leader of this ninja investigation squad or whatever. And he's just like slowly ripping his arms off as like um the like a girl who wanted to come along who's the poison taster which 
it's revealed why later on but she's the poison taster for the clan i guess um but she wants to go along because she doesn't want to like she she's part of the ninja clan so she wants to like help them out or whatever so she wants to go with him anyway she's there and she ends up being the only survivor of this incident because the the main guy who's like the only one left is just getting his arms ripped off while he's telling her to go like get help or whatever tell what's happening and so she ends up escaping well no she doesn't she doesn't end up escaping and she gets caught by this giant rock guy. And then obviously, because this is an 80s edgy anime, it obviously has to involve weird sexual things. Um, and so that ensues. It's also extremely well detailed. <laughs> and then, but it turns out our, our main character is just chilling in the corner and he's like, bro, can you like put the noise down a little or at least like tell me where this place is I'm trying to go? He's like, what did you just say to me? And then they and they start fighting and then it's, it's awesome. Yes. I mean, I don't think there's one point where it's not awesome. Anyways, um, yeah, that fight is cool. Um, yeah, at some point at the end of this fight, after, or at the end of that fight, he, like, gets hit with his own, um, like, blade, because I don't think this, I don't know if this comes up later, but the main, I think the main guy's, I think Jubei's sword has, like, the ability to keep people in place, but it's only, like, mentioned in this battle or something but he like keeps him in place for long enough like while he's fighting him so that his thing comes back and like hits him and so he's just like stuck halfway through his head but then he like he's still like kind of alive so he like grabs our guy and he's like about to kill him but then he like pulls his sword uh, from a string that's like attached to his wrist and he, and he like flings it back and just cuts him in half, and it's it's just it's awesome. Yeah. So they find out um, that the rock guy is one of the uh, devils of Kimon. And yeah. They, yeah, they're these uh, ninja that serve the shogun of the dark, and he's got like the sinister plot to overthrow. Tokugawa, which he's he's the emperor, basically. So, um, yeah, Jubei meets up with this old um, guy who's a spy for Tokugawa, and anyways, through a series of events um, and uh, blackmail. Um, the old uh, spy guy at Dakuan, Jubei and Kagero, the Kunoichi, they all end up, uh, they team up to take out the Devils of Kimon. And that's kind of the setup. That's where the story goes. Also, um, 
Jubei doesn't necessarily willingly help out because, like you said, in the blackmail was he got a shuriken that the old man like threw at him to sort of help him in a situation was actually tinged with poison and he says like he basically is like if you don't help me you're just gonna die from this poison in 24 hours and i'm the only one who knows how and so i kind of liked how he wasn't the or jubei wasn't immediately like what really dang i guess i have to go do it he, he just like grabs him and it's like about to kill him he's like tell me He's like, stop this bullshit, tell me. But he's like, I won't do it over my dead body. Um, he's like, God dang it. Um But um so yeah, that's a bit that's why he has to do this. Why he's like trapped into helping this old guy defeat all these guys. And it turns out he's also connected with the leader of them, who he finds out is somebody I forget exactly the context of this, but he killed him like a while back because um, they had, I think they had been ordered to go search like a cave or something for like gold. And then they like found it, but then they were given orders to like kill each other or something. Like, wasn't that kind of, so that like there wasn't any evidence. Um, so they they like they were gonna kill him, but he had to like kill them all to defend himself. I don't remember why they were specifically uh, ordered to kill him. Well, I don't remember. They killed all the villagers because they couldn't know about the gold operation. Yeah, but he. Why did they? Why were they gonna kill Jubei? I don't really remember why. Remember, because he was like, maybe because he didn't want a part in that, and then they were like, "Oh, well, he's gonna turn, so we have to kill him." I think it was something like that. But in this whole thing, he ends up taking them all down because he's just a badass, um, and he also chops off Ginma's head. In yeah. this, who was like the leader of this like specific squad, I guess, or like yeah. one of them, the the leader of the devils, Akimon. Yeah, and so it turns out he has the power of reincarnation. So he, I, I don't know why they chose that word. Basically, he's like Wolverine, where he can like regenerate parts of his body and stuff. He's basically immortal. Yeah, all the devils have kind of like their own superpower that they use. Yeah, so there was like the rock guy who can, like, basically, I guess, make himself really hard. And then uh, there's a guy who can use shadows to go around, like uh, Black Sabbath from part five of JoJo's, I guess. And then uh, there's a snake lady who is so creepy, like so many snakes. Indiana Jones would would not have been happy in the situation that Jubei was in at, at one point. No. Um, 
Uh, but yeah. oh god, the snakes, not the snakes. Why does it always have to be snakes? Indeed. Um, and there's the the bee guy. Oh yeah, that guy was the worst. Is <laughs> his bat? He just like has a wasp nest on his back, and it. He's just like a hermit guy. It, and then like the way he kills him is by like dragging him underwater and then the wasps like start attacking him in his own body because they're drowning and it just shows him like dying. It's just yeah. it's there's so much crazy stuff in here, but it works because it's so over the top and nuts and it's it doesn't hold back. And it's awesome. There's also like a uh, one of the demon people is a girl. She has like she can like throw out exploding gunpowder or something. I'm not really sure. You can just make random things explode. I guess. But she has to like throw out black powder first or something. I don't know. Um, and then there's a guy who like whose specialty is with wires basically he does a lot of stuff with like filament wire and he can like speak through it and stuff yeah there's also um a a daredevil swordsman who's who's blind oh yeah yeah i forgot about that guy yeah that one was cool they're like fighting in the bamboo. I did enjoy that fight. And he has to like stay quiet, sort of. And he has to like kind of distract him with other stuff. It was really cool. It reminded me of the one guy from Bleach. I don't remember his name though. Hmm. The guy who like turned out to be a bad guy for no reason. The it was like the the black guy who was blind. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh I think so. I think his his bonkai was like he made like a separate area to fight in or something. Not Eisen, right? No, no. It was it was one of the I I, I don't know why I'm forgetting the name of them, but he, he was one of the like traitors but yeah anyway that that one was cool oh and then there was also or was this the same I think the guy who could go around the shadows was also the same guy who had like the arm that could shoot like the grapples out of it is that the same guy Oh, I think so. Okay. He had yeah. The mechanical killing arm thing. Yeah, and then apparently the old man can like turn into plants. And then uh, you find out, which is important, that Kagero, which is the she's the female ninja from the the last surviving member of the Koga clan, apparently. Well, I guess not the last surviving. Well, she ends up being the last surviving, but anyway, uh, 
she is like she can't be poisoned and like anybody she like kisses will like like her lips just have like the deadliest poison on them that will kill you like almost instantly so but then it turns out that somehow she's also the antidote to his poison and like the old guy his reasoning is like you have to fight poison with poison which I that makes no sense but whatever it, it, it works out but yeah I mean I, I really liked how uh, when it, it did end up coming to that and then she like ends up falling in love with him because he's just that awesome and then and she's like, this is the only way. And then he's like, nah. And then he and then he leaves. He just walks away like a badass. He's just a certified Sigma male. But yeah. Yeah, he's he's cool. Um pretty much everybody is cool. Everybody is awesome in this. Uh except for like the wash guy, but he's he serves his purpose. Yeah, because he's creepy, it's awful. Uh, but then one of the coolest characters, Ginma, he's just this like behemoth of a man with like a giant scar where he was, where his head was cut off before, and he has this giant metal arm for some reason, and he can like you could do anything to him, like. At some point, they're fighting in a burning ship, and they like they've fought a lot before this. So at, at this point, he's like can barely move. Jubei can, so he just starts like banging his head against it and like crushing his head. It's just like headbutting him really hard, and then <laughs> and then he just his head just kind of like reforms. I, I guess we shouldn't spoil the way that it ends. No. But we can't we can't say how how um he finally beats him because that's like a a big deal. It's, I will say really, that I had to really look up creative. I had to look up like not that not that I'd need it to be like realistic or anything, but I did look up like the temperatures certain things do stuff at afterwards. <laughs> You're not supposed to think about it that hard. No, I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> but yeah, Ninja Scroll was awesome. It's just an awesome time. I don't know how else to describe it. The fight with Genma was incredible. It was really good. It was literally the standing here. Basically, because he like can't get hurt or like seemingly, he just keeps regenerating. Is awesome. Yeah. I think at this point, Ninja Scrolls probably in my top three 
of favorite anime movies at this point. Really? Like right up think. there with Akira and Ghost in the Shell. I'm trying to think. There's like obviously yeah, Akira, Ghost in the Shell. My favorite like maybe just movie of all time in general is the Night is Short, Walk on Girl one, but that's very different. And then there's there was the Maiden Abyss movie. Yeah, but I mean like standalone movies. Oh, like standalone? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, I guess like Your Name and stuff like that. They're nothing compared to Ninja Scroll. No. Not even, not even comparable. Yeah, Nin- Ninja Scroll is awesome. That's it's definitely very rewatchable. Oh yeah, I can just watch that like three times in a row and be satisfied. Like, like I said, the only knock I have against it is that it just isn't Black Lion. Black Lion is its own category. Black Lion is like a masterpiece. Like it transcends time, I think. I think we'll have to review that next. I, I want to watch Black Lion again. <laughs> I think so. I think I might purchase it so I can own it because it deserves to be owned. I think it does. Speaking of purchasing things and owning them, I don't know if I told you this, but I, I got like 18 volumes of an Ultraman manga in Japanese. You did say that. Okay. Yeah, I, I got those in. They, they look very neat, but I didn't realize, other than the barrier that I have to, like, obviously piece through the Japanese slowly as I'm, like, learning it, I also have to watch the original Ultraman, like, TV series, because it's a sequel to it, apparently. Oh, no. <laughs> So I, I watched the first episode of that and it was very funny. But yeah. I, I, I went, have you I think I've asked you this before, but have you seen Shin Godzilla? I have seen Shin Godzilla. Okay. Yeah, because there's there was a Shin Ultraman movie that came out recently in Japan. But it didn't come out over here. So I, I kind of wanted to see that because I like Shin Godzilla a lot. Yeah. I think um, I'll probably buy the rest of Blade of the Immortal because I read the first Omnibus and I think you read the first Omnibus as well. Yeah. But the artwork in that manga is phenomenal. So were you aware that Blade of the Immortal got like the giant Berserk volumes? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I, I didn't know, because that's not what you have, is it? It was just like the... No. Okay, because um, I saw one at Barnes & Noble. I was like, did Mark know these existed? Because that was that looks awesome. <laughs> Yeah, the 
the deluxe editions look very nice. Yeah, if I end up getting that series, I'll definitely try and get those if I can. Yeah, I mean, it's more pricey that way, but um, the deluxe versions, uh, it's sewn binding, so it'll last longer. You can mm. actually open up the book all the way. Yeah. Without breaking the spine. Um, and the art is definitely the highlight from what I read of that, of Blade of the Immortal. So I think it deserves oh, yeah. that for sure. Is insane how good it's so good. good <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I'm. I waited on that till now, but I think I will be getting back on Blade of the Immortal. Also, um, Manji, he's good. I think that's his the name. main the main guy. Yeah, yeah. The story wasn't necessarily that like out of the ordinary for that kind of story. Like, it's the yeah. it's it kind of seemed like a typical lone samurai and then he, he meets this like kid that he has to like protect and stuff but yeah it's just cool though yeah it, it's it's awesome so and it's i think i may be remembering this wrong but isn't it kind it's not like to this level but isn't it kind of like uh ninja scroll where the enemies have like these ridiculous weapons yeah it's not it's necessarily kind of, like realistic right yeah no it's not realistic like they have crazy stuff yeah that goes on as opposed to uh, vagabond which i'm pretty sure is like very realistic I'm, I'm pretty sure that one's supposed to be like down to just that it's historical yeah it's like a historical retelling of um, Musashi Miyamoto Miyamoto Musashi yes yeah I, I don't I don't think it's like a one-for-one one retelling but I think it's based off of that it's based off of the novel written about Miyamoto Musashi okay yeah that one like I probably would have already started on that one by now but that one I think is out of print right um they just did a reprint on it a few months ago but it probably it's one of those things you have to be like up on to get like you like you have to be doing pre-orders and stuff for it when it reprints it's that kind of thing yeah i i was very lucky to find all the volumes and i think i was missing one and it was on eBay for like a hundred dollars. Yeah, so, they like it's insane. I see the prices for some of these. Yeah, it's it's nuts. But somehow I did manage to get that series, so I'll be reading that as well. Nice. Yeah. I also when I on my little Barnes and Noble trip, I also got Common Writer. Um oh. It came, it comes in this like brick of a book, and it's just the entire first run of the very first manga, uh, like series of Common Writer. 
by Shotaro Ishinomori. So I got a little bit into that too. That's awesome. I also got the first volume of Taiyo Matsumoto's number five. I have no idea what it is, but it looks cool. Oh, that, that, yes, that one does look very cool. I think it's like supposed to be kind of the dystopian post-apocalyptic sci-fi type story somewhere in there. Yeah, sort of looks like that. I haven't started it yet, so I don't know. But the interesting uh, thing about that one is that the art style is similar to uh, Mobius in a way. Oh, really? That's just kind of his art style. Because that's how Ping Pong sort of looks, at least like the characters. And then like, um, what's the other one I read by him? Zero, the boxing one. This one looks more like a science Saru type thing. Because um, have you watched uh, Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind? I have not done that yet. I need to do that. You should. It's like my favorite Ghibli film. But I saw like a two foot like figure when I was in that mall that had the Barnes and Noble in it. It was like a like a stone soldier from that, I think. Oh, the giant. I think they're are they supposed to be like golems or something? They're they're giants. Whatever they were, there was like a really cool like giant figure of one of them. Yeah. So Nausicaa, like the stuff in that movie also kind of looks like it takes inspiration from Mobius. I think we both just need to read that. Yeah, if you if you don't know who Mobius is, he's a French a sci-fi comic artist. He's pretty famous. Oh, it's not the name of something he did? No. Oh, like that, that was okay, his okay. comic writer name, is Mobius. So what was, like, did he do, like, a lot of stuff? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. See, I thought it was, it was like, he had one, like, big one that people took a lot from. Um... He was he's he was French, right? Yeah, he's French. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I have one of his stuff. It's the yeah. World I saw a little bit of that. It's very surreal. But anyways, um, yeah. Oh, speaking of which, um. I found the Japanese manga of Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind for really cheap. I got that one. Don't you already have the, the English version? I do. I see. But <laughs> I wanted to try reading it in Japanese. At some nice. Point. Yeah, I'm hoping Ultraman has like the the um the hiragana and katakana next to the kanji. I'm not sure if it does though, because mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't know enough kanji yet. 
Yeah, just need to know like 2,000 or so and you're probably good. Yeah, just 2,000. And then if you actually want to like be able to read like a newspaper, you need to know like 5,000, nothing much. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, a lot of people complained about the Blade of the Immortal editions, though, because... The big ones? Like the big ones and the omnibus. Because Why? in the, the left-to-right format, Oh, even still in the deluxe ones? Yeah, even in the deluxe ones. Why? <laughs> I mean, it's I not it's not know. that bad, but it's like, why? <laughs> they didn't do that to Berserk. Well, no, but I think Berserk was already you know, printed in the right to left. Yeah. Um, it's. I don't think it's a problem, though because they used um, a technique called the cut and paste technique where instead of like reversing it they just replace things where they should be so like you can still read it as intended it just won't be right to left doesn't that mean like the speech bubbles are in weird places though? No, I don't think so. Oh. See, I don't know why do why would they go through the effort of doing that and not just do it normally? I have no why? idea. <laughs> I thought we had gotten past this. I don't know. I guess like actually I don't remember. I need to get back on these, but aren't the Akira volumes that way that we yeah. have? The They are that way. The deluxe Akira editions are in the right-to-left format, though. Is that not what we have? No, we just have the regular Akira editions. Oh. Well, I didn't notice it too much. It's not a big deal, I think. It's usually not, but it's just like why why go to the extra effort like still? Because yeah, I know they did that with Dragon Ball because I had to read Dragon Ball and left to right for a lot of it. Um, wait, which version of Dragon Ball did you read? Where did you read it? It was the Viz translation, I think. It was like I at, at least for the original Dragon Ball. It was uh, left to right. I think it may have gone into Z. I don't really remember when it stopped. It wasn't the Vizbigs, right? Because I think those are in the traditional format. Yeah, I it must not have been. It was like really wonky for Dragon Ball, though. Like it was rough. Mm. But I thought that was the only version that they had. I didn't know they did it in like like the right to left also. Oh, there's like three or four different versions of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, they, they have like colored versions of the arcs and and yeah. they have like, yeah. There's the original singles and there's the new singles. There's the Vizbigs. Uh, there's the three-in-ones. Yeah. 
there's also like the big box set that yeah, like, and there's it's pretty good price. The box set. Um personally I like the Visbix just because it takes yeah. up less shelf space, but I would definitely get the Visbigs for Z because the action in that is would look a lot better on big pages, but yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, the 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 left to right thing is back when uh, manga was not nearly as popular in America as it is now. Yeah, they were trying to cater more to like they didn't think people would bother to even try doing right to left, and they were also also more. I guess it was it was more aimed towards like people who were who read comics. So if they didn't do that then they they thought like nobody would read them. So yeah, like I, I thought I thought times had changed a long time ago. So I cool. assumed that like the deluxe edition of Blade of the Immortal, they would have like fixed it. I thought so too, but I guess since they already had the format and everything worked out for the omnibus, they were just going to kind of replicate it on the deluxe. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I looked, I watched some video on YouTube and the, I think the omnibus of Blade of the Immortal is the least cropped, but the deluxe has like the best print quality. Uh, so it's like a decide which one is the best of two evils, I guess. I guess it's not that serious, but. Oh, um, but the advantage of getting the deluxe versions is that you can open it wider than you can the omnibus because uh, when you have all these pages glued together and you, you can't fully open it up so there's like uh, there's some gutter loss yeah in and when you have a big deluxe edition you don't have that gutter loss problem and also they look really cool Yes, it does. It looks very cool. Also, I just appreciate it when manga is in bigger formats, especially like the Akira and the Blame and Knights of Sidonia volumes. Yeah. It's just, it's nice reading it in a bigger format. I can't imagine reading Blame in like standard sized manga volume format. No, that would be so disrespectful. <laughs> Speaking of like manga, I'm starting to like genuinely run out of any physical space in my bookshelf to put things, especially since I just got like 18 volumes of Ultraman. So I, I need like another bookshelf, I think, or like a 
a temporary one that's like collapsible or something. I need to look into options. Yeah. Um, I got my manga bookshelf at Ikea and it, it holds up very nicely. See, I, I would, but I also don't plan on making this my permanent residence. So I can't, I need something that I can take down because like the bookshelf that I have already is like decently light, but it's like just, I can just barely fit it into my car. Probably if I had to, I, I don't, I don't know what you I'll should, do, but you should look into cube storage because like you can, um, there's like these cube bookshelves you can get that you can arrange and stack them in different ways and you can take them down just as easily. But do they look dumb? They don't look very nice, but it if you had to. I guess. <laughs> I also, I like to have like, I'm, I don't remember how you do yours. I don't think you do yours like I do mine, but I like to face some of mine out. So I can just kind of like appreciate the, some covers, but I'm I'm having to make space, so I'm having to not do that now, which is sad because I like just having them like the. Yeah, I usually um, just do the covers, but I like um. Uh, like I have all my JoJo's together and then I think I have like an entire shelf just for Berserk yeah I'm gonna need like an entire bookshelf just for all my One Piece stuff like right now and I don't even I don't even have like a quarter of the series Oh, man. But now I'm starting to get like a bunch of art books. Now I have like a couple magazines. I have a couple Shonen Jump things now. <laughs> like, um, what what I did before I got into the bookshelf was I put the priority reading stuff up front and put the non-priority reading stuff or stuff I had already read. Uh, stacked in behind see i can't i just i can't bring myself to do that like my bookshelf isn't even really deep enough to do that but if i could do that i don't know if i would because I, I like being able to see everything it's just yeah. i like it to be visually pleasing to me that is true i'm i'm about to have another problem of my own already oh my god but i'm i'm working on um getting a bigger room i see yeah but like once once i get a, a semi-permanent place of residence it won't be a problem i'll just have like an entire room set off for this but for now it's it's unfortunate that i can't just like get anything that i want both because of money and space. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so I've got um, a few series that I know I at least have to get, like Blade of the Immortal, and obviously I'm going to keep up with the Berserk Deluxe ones. And probably Urusei Atsura, because... It's Urusei Atsura. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping, though, that they reprint uh, Ranma one half, because that is a manga I would like to own if it were possible. But right now, it's just you can't get half the volumes. Um, I... I remember I don't know why why I was looking for this, but I remember I was looking on like right stuff. They were I think they were having like a specific sale or something. So I was just like looking. They had like most of the like three in one Ranma volumes, except for like a couple like in stock. So oh, maybe more, more than a couple out of stock. Oh, okay. I just remember when I looked, I didn't see that many out of stock. I don't know. It's, um, it's um, just another one of those out of print, I'm assuming, things that you have to look, check up on to see when new, when they're getting reprinted or whatever. Yes, I don't like playing that game. It, it does suck that we we just happen to like those series that are just not getting printed right now. I'm watching the Ranma one anime right now, and it is phenomenal. Really? How far are you into it? Like forty something. Oh my god! I may or may not have become addicted to Ranma one half. I see. I see. You probably told me this, but I just forgot. It's. It's so much fun. It's good I love stuff. that series. Yeah, I, I gotta watch that. Also. You should. There's so many I, things I have to do. I, I, it's been a long time since an anime has hooked me like Ranma one half. And the story's not even that complex either. It's just pure entertaining the characters in like takahashi stuff are just so good that you just want to see them interact and that's what like drives the entire thing like it they're just that good it's just that funny but one of the episodes is um they're having a there's a race to see who can deliver ramen the fastest but it's a martial arts ramen delivery competition of course they have to to, like fight and deliver ramen at the same time this is fantastic this is stuff like that yeah i think first on on our priority list 
to to get to is definitely Black Lion. I think we should definitely give that a, a rewatch because I'm definitely itching for a rewatch. As am I. Well, and I'll probably uh, watch all of Ronma one half sooner than later at the rate I'm going. That's nuts. Like it took me like I, I was the way that I watched Ursa Yatsura was I watched a bunch like you at the beginning. Like I probably did the same thing you're doing right now, but then I like forced myself to space it out and like just watch a, an episode on break, like at work, like every day or like when I was eating on like, and when I was still going to like the food court at, at on campus so I spaced it out that way and because I didn't want it to not be there anymore. And once I finally finished it, there was an, there's an emptiness. See, that's what I'm trying to do. It's so difficult, though. Like, yeah. I try to limit myself to five episodes a day, which is it's pushing it. It seems like you're watching a lot of stuff right now. I am. It was not a wise decision because um, let's see. Watching Run One Half. Uh, gotta catch up on the seasonals. Um, uh, I need to Go back and finish Hanasaku Iroha. And then I also started watching Revolutionary Girl Utena. And, you know, Revolutionary Girl Utena is, it's, has it really, it's not very striking to me. Yeah, I, I, I like the beginning, it just kind of is like a blur in my mind compared to what happens towards like the second half ish or like the second two thirds of the show. So I don't like, I remember it being good, but not like incredible, but like you, you just got to keep going. Yeah. Cause I was considering whether or not I should drop it because it's no Mark. Don't you dare drop Utina. Like it, uh, no, Mark, you, you have to watch it. You got to watch it just for the song, if only just for the song they play when they're about to, when they go up to start the duel. That is true. It's that so good. Pretty snazzy. I, I have that as, as my alarm sometimes. It gets me hyped. Uh, I don't know what to think about it so far. I think it is definitely not something for everybody. I just particularly enjoy these types of stories I've found. Because if you don't like uh, Utena, you absolutely will not like um, Shoujo Kageki Revue Starlight that I reviewed. Because it's, yeah. it's like that, but the characters aren't as interesting. So... Um, I'm not very far in Utena, but so far, um, 
I'm not liking it very much, but we'll see. This hurts. Has, has the episode come where uh, the blonde haired girl turns into a cow? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind then. Forget I said that. Excuse me. <laughs> I think it's like, I really don't. I'm going to, I want to rewatch it now, now that you're like talking about it and that I saw you watching it. I like wanted to rewatch it. But I think. There's like a certain like at the beginning, it's sort of just like setting up stuff and it's pretty standard. But then I I don't remember when, but at some point it just starts getting like crazy and it just gets better and better and better as it goes on. But well, I'm not I'm going to keep going on it. I just at this point. I'm going to watch it all eventually. I, yeah. I'm, I am in a precarious situation because um, I, I need to, I keep telling myself I need to go catch up on the other things I'm watching like that in the seasonals, but it's so difficult to bring myself to watch anything other than Ron Moment at the moment. It'd be like that. That was how it was with me and Ursa Yatsura also. I was like, well, I, I should like go back and like watch a little bit of this, but then I would be like, no, I have to watch Ursa. Well, let me just watch one episode of Ursa Yatsura first, and then I'd watch like twenty episodes. Be like, I need yeah. more. That's exactly how wrong the one happens. It's, I don't know how. And, I, and I, I like finished the show, and I was like, no, there has to be more. Give me the OVAs. And I watched all the OVAs. I was like, wait, the movies. <laughs> and then I, then I finished everything and then I was sad I don't know how Rumiko Takahashi does it but she does she's just very good at like specifically writing interesting character dialogue I think I I, I think that's it I can't really pinpoint it but it, it's got a, it's something like that I think uh. Anyway, we we did we went off on a tangent. We did off of something. I don't even know what that was. Somehow we got off of that from Ninja Scroll, but whatever. Um, I think that's gonna wrap up this episode. Uh, go give us a follow on Instagram at the Anime Intellectuals, and then if you want, you can send us some emails. We need some more of those. We haven't got some of those in a while to the anime intellectuals at gmail.com. Speaking of that, uh, you said you need to catch up on Hanasako Yoroha. I need to watch space dandy so that we can do the viewer requested stuff. Uh, space, so that, that'll be my next thing. Space dandy is the universe. But and the yeah. universe is space dandy so i've heard um but yeah i think that pretty much wraps this up uh i'm trying to think of something like witty to say 
that mm. kind of like goes along with the theme. Oh, okay. I, I, I got one. Go, go out in the world and, and do some happy accidents. That was kind of the theme of this episode. I think so. I, yeah. I really, that's, that's all I got. Um, I guess the takeaway is go watch Ninja Scroll for sure. Um, but only if you're cool enough. Right. Only if you're as cool as Jubei. So... That's all I got. Thank you.